Hey, Jared, what you doing? I was cleaning up the basement. Oh, you got your new furniture. Yeah, I got some furniture. I got the shelves over there. Hmm. Um, what are those mics doing over on that table? It seems like a waste of space. Yeah, what do we use those for again? Nah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm just going to sit down next to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, make yourself a home. Uh, anything I can get you? Uh, you got any Mai Tais? I can make a Mai Tai, yeah. Anything sure. else? Um, grilled cheese? Anything else, your sir? Um, no. Hold no, on, lift really... your legs. Lift your legs. Oh, sorry. Let me... Yep, thanks. Okay. Um, no, no, I think those two, Mai Tais and a grilled cheese, please. Okay, let's let me go empty this out, and then uh, we'll get that ready for you. Okay. Welcome to season three of Signs, Cosines, and Tangents. I'm Sean Signs, if in case you've forgotten, and this is my co-host, Jared. Not Signs. Not Signs. So uh, I'm co-hyphen Signs. You're co-hyphen. Yeah, and this is very important because we had this long conversation about SEO this yesterday. Because I was like, I look for the podcast, and we've completely fallen off everybody's radar, which might actually be true. Were we on a radar? It's, it's, it's really, this is how we're going to come back. <laughs> you're you're going to start off with, you don't like my colloquialism? No. Okay. Yeah. I'm working on the, uh, the SEO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for getting us up in the, uh, so tell all your friends who don't listen, but should it's co hyphen signs. Cause it, we're not a geometry show. No, but the signs, co signs and tangent podcast that we just gave it inverted plugging for is not either. It's a fantasy sports podcast. So I wonder why they call theirs. Ours has some meaning. Yeah, it, it's actually my name. And we go on tangents. And we def well, and they they played on the tangents thing. I listened to part of the first episode. They've done two episodes. They've been out of production for a year. See, we're relevant. We're new. We're hip. We, we we've done far more episodes than one, than like three. We've done so many this year. We've done three. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we just decided to, you know, we had a, a, a debate with our sponsors about season two and where it was going. So they put us on the shelf for a while and we've renegotiated. We're on a new network now. Yep. And uh, we thought we'd kick it off with a fresh season three. We'll call season two our gas leak season. Yeah, gas leak season. Yeah. So now we're, we're not on AOL, though, so we won't get canceled. Yeah. Use AOL keyword signs. Cosines with a hyphen. tangents, tangerine. What? what? The, the tangerine is what. Also, would like to welcome our new sponsor. <laughs> tangerine. Tangerines. Uh, We're not oranges. <laughs> That's their slogan. Effective. <laughs> I bet you could say the same thing of bananas, though. Bananas. We're not plantains. All right, so let's let's get into our tangents. I mean, obviously, we've been away for a while. We've got a lot to talk about. Is the statute of limitation on spoilers op- over for certain things? We think so. But just in case... We're going to spoil something. Maybe many somethings, actually. Uh, just, yeah. So, there's a movie that came out. 
Yeah, was it was the the sequel to um, Infinite War or whatever. It, war, always war. Purple Homer purple guy in a chair. It's the one with Purple Homer, right? Yeah, Purple Homer. Okay. Yeah. So no, uh, we finally saw Avengers Endgame. Fine, we saw it like three months ago, Jared. I know. I'm trying to remember it. Um, was <laughs> it was some, that memorable stuff, for you. Stuff happened. I mean, it was three and a half hours long. Actually, three it hours. Was. It's and like the, three. Everybody was worried about the bathroom breaks, but I, I was I fine. didn't have problems with that. I'm a veteran of the Lord of the Rings extended editions, so I watched a Lord of the Rings marathon in a theater. And those were the original theatricals, which were still like two hours and 50 minutes each. Three. Were they three hours? Okay, yeah. They were really long, but it's a really long series of movies about walking. Yeah. Um. So Avengers. Yeah. What, what, what's it about? Um. It's about these guys and girls who... There's more than one girl? I thought there was only really one. No, there's a couple. Oh, there's, there's one who shows up just in this movie for 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 I remember kind of from the other movie that you weren't impressed with not impressed at all actually the buddy cop movie that, that was one of our last things we talked about in our yeah the buddy cop aspect with the cat and nick fury yeah absolutely love that movie no so this is the conclusion to the 10 years journey journey of the marvel cinematic universe and if you've already seen it you probably can skip past this part because we're going to talk about our opinions and you've already got your own opinions and you don't care and you can skip past but no, uh, we never got a chance to talk about it. Actually, Sean and I didn't really even talk about it in person too much. No, because um, you said you wanted to save it for the next podcast. Yeah, I did. Little did we know. So, uh, we start off in the movie, and the snapping had happened. The snapping had snapping. Um, yeah, which for some reason Tom Holland is saying they call the blip or something he didn't use the snap he used a different term because I the saw decimation the... was the official sanctioned term of the marvel okay was the decimation so we get we cut to our heroes they're back on earth and everybody's gone um and then they discover that thanos has snapped again using uh algorithms and and snapping detection snap, snapping detection systems uh, they, yeah. they detected snap energy. Yeah, I mean, there was some false positives Snanergy. with people opening snapples, but uh, <laughs> but but snapples don't resonate as highly across. Space. Yeah, the, it was the same power. So Thor and and his buddies that are still surviving. Um, are we've got Rhodey. We've got uh, the original Avengers, basically. Yeah, everybody Iron Man because he's in space. Yep. Um, decide to go to. Where Thanos is. And Nastasha Stroganoff, or whatever her name Stroganoff. is. Stroganoff. They discover that Thanos had used the gauntlet to destroy the gauntlet. Which, okay. It's like when Zero hid himself to repair himself in Mega Man X4. Wow, deep cut. <laughs> deep cut. Um, So then Thanos says something, and then Thor doesn't want to hear him out, and he chops his head off. Yeah, and it's really quick. It's like in the first 20 this minutes. This is how we film. started off the movie. Yeah. Thor kills somebody. So then they go back to Earth. Was Iron Man with them at that point? Um, No, he's not there yet. He comes back after they chop his head off? Yes. Yeah. So they go back to Earth, Um, and then Iron Man gets there. No, so- no, he doesn't. He has to be back because uh, Captain Save the Day, most powerful hero ever made, is a key point in getting them to Thanos. 
because they don't have a spaceship. That's right. She lands. She lands. That's right. Yeah, so they all go. And Tony's not happy when he comes back to Earth. Mm -mm. He is not happy. You think they're going to resolve the Civil War threads? He's still holding a massive grudge. He blames, almost blames Cap for everything that happened. Yeah, which is weird, I thought. I liked it. Because... Um, I think the obvious thing for them to do in a film is to come back and say, oh, we're all buddy. We're going to go beat Thanos. And I think they touched on some real stuff in this movie that I think a lot of people, the reviews and and general consensus from people that I've seen, the people that didn't love it 100% right. was it started off too slow. But when you destroy half of all living beings in the universe, you need to see the aftermath. I, I mean, it's up need the or... It helps. Well, it's interesting. Much more of it's a character film. It's an interesting way to d- dive into the characters. So the way I look at Inf- Infinity War and the way I look at Endgame, Infinity War was Thanos's character piece. Right. That it was, was about Thanos. He was the protagonist. And in Endgame is about the impact of his choice. Right. And we spend time, and this is why it's three hours long. We spend time with each of these characters that we have grown to love, cherish over the last ten years, and then there's that chick that shows up uh and literally captain marvel is in this movie for all of like seven and a half minutes yeah after they chopped thanos's head off she's like i gotta go back to space because i gotta i have to deal with all of space you guys just have one planet yeah you save earth i have to do everything yeah which is why the guardians were always talking about how influential she is yeah uh anyway i have a grudge i yeah i know so some interesting so we see steve he's sort of holding a support group um, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful, actually. Yeah, I mean, you, you, she, he, it's almost like you know a Vietnam veterans group where you're talking. Well, about... don't forget that's how he met Sam. Oh, that's it's a, a callback to how he met Sam, and that's what Sam was doing. Um, yeah. The only thing I think it was off was we see Natasha, and she's not coping with any of this well. She doesn't know what to do. And this is a person who's had to cope with loss and death and murder her entire life, and for some reason she's broken and i'm not sure they set up a good explanation for that with me yeah that was the only thing that kind of fell off she she just didn't seem to, to do when they're talking about an earthquake under the ocean they're like it's it's an earthquake because she wants to mobilize and do something and nobody's affected yeah um that was weird so then we cut the five years later right which opens up a whole can of worms that we'll come back to and actually it's gonna be a plot thread that's carried forward into spider-man yeah. So yeah, we cut the five years later and we catch up with everybody. Um and it starts with the genesis of Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Luckily there was a mouse that touched the quantum tunnel controls and let him out of the quantum realm. So I was expecting a more heroic way for him to come back than that, but it was funny. I think it fits the Ant Man sort yeah, of he, yeah. yeah. Scott Lang doesn't do anything on purpose. It <laughs> yeah. just kinda happens to him. Um, so he's kind of, we're seeing his perspective of being gone and doesn't know anything that's happening, right? He wasn't involved in, uh, infinity war. He was in house arrest and at the end of Ant-Man, he, they all get snapped while he's there. Um, we see a, a weird moment where he meets his daughter who's aged five years. Mm -hmm. She goes from eight to being 13. Um, and he goes past Memorial where he sees his name where somebody took all the time to etch everybody's names that had disappeared. 
Um, so we kind of see how the world's reacted. What's weird is infrastructure hasn't fully collapsed. Like the world's still running, but like in New York, there's like boats pushed up against the docks and it looks like it's ruined. And, and okay. If you're going to buy into the idea that half of all life in the universe disappeared, but you're not going to accept the fact that that would actually cause an ecological collapse on every planet. Um, I guess they have to show some impact. And they did. I mean, they showed the streets, but then they were in a cafe with uh, Ant-Man. We see Professor Hulk, who Banner and Hulk have finally negotiated terms to live together. And what I loved about how they depicted him was, is he's the Zen... You know, because... He's not the neurotic He's not neurotic. And what we see in the... MCU side of you know he's like I'm always angry that was the the, the catchphrase of phrase, Avengers right? right yeah and now we see like no man it's cool he's chill you want to take pictures sure yeah, let's do it he's got fans at a yeah, cafe yeah. And kids and I think Hulk gets recognition on Earth is his sort of because we kind of see in Ragnarok he wasn't uh, he's like nobody likes me on Earth and you know I don't want to go back I don't want to go back yeah so I thought that was cool I mean we didn't. They talked about Hulk having a three arc Genesis or three arc resolution to three his character arc, yeah. in Ragnarok, Infinity War, and this. I don't know if I saw that one hundred percent. I think they skipped a lot, and and I understand why. And the question is, are we going to see Mark Ruffalo again in the MCU? Because I don't. He's feel got like... one more movie on his contract. Okay, he does have one more movie, so he's at least going to show up as a cameo in something. Okay. Um, there's some rumors that he might cameo in Spider Man, but. Most people feel that we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That Um, even if he did, it's unlikely it would count as his movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So here's the thing with everybody else and you see where they're progressing. You can kind of understand how they got there. You don't need to spend a whole lot of time. They can shortcut it. The, the huge change in the Hulk actually felt jarring to me. Not because I didn't expect it. Right. That's where we knew they were going. But the fact that, we didn't get to see any of that development. We didn't get to see that that transition happen. Yeah, it, it's it almost was like just, trust me. It was it was a long time coming, and he figured it out. Yeah, I, I think. And again, it's three hours, so they had to skip some stuff. Yeah, last time we saw the Hulk, he was impotent. So, we, so the reason the Ant Man's all jumpy is like, hey, listen, I think we can time travel, but he doesn't. He's an electrical engineer. He doesn't have the language uh, to really explain language it, to yeah. explain what he thinks is possible. And he's explaining it to Bruce, and Bruce is like. Let's go talk to Tony. So they go meet Tony and Tony is done. He's, he's, he's happy. Well, and he has a reason to be done, right? The rest of the world has been stuck in this. He's kind of, moved on. Yeah. He, he's Tony. He's a survivor. So he's moved on and he now has something to look forward to because he has a family now. And that's a huge factor in how the movie plays out. As a matter of fact. Uh, but before we talk a little bit about Tony, I think we should go back and talk about Thor. Uh, yeah. So, the like we said, at the beginning of the film, Thor walks up. He's like, you're right. I made a mistake the last time. I tried to let you live. Well, Thor lost a lot, right? Thanos was a dr- directly he, responsible. Directly responsible. Yeah. Um, and he's been kind of the only one that has seen Thanos as a threat, even if they didn't execute it well, but since uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Uh, as, you know, this is the this is, this is who it is. Um, so we see Thor and he's not doing well. Well, they've reestablished with the surviving Asgardians five years later, they have a little fishing village that they live in. 
which if you if little nitpick trivia thing, the name of the town, which I can't remember off the top of my head, is the same town that's referenced in Thor. In Thor, yep. and Captain America, where they where the cube Red Skull found the Tesseract. Yeah, neat. I guess I shouldn't call it the Cosmic Cube because it's the Tesseract, not the Cosmic Cube. Yeah. but it's supposed to be the Cosmic. Cube. So Thor has let himself go. Oh well. So yes. Yeah, so so this brings up a question. Again, we we understand that Chris Helmsworth is a really funny comedic actor. We've seen him stretch his comedy chops in a few different movies now. I would say he's a good actor in general. Well, I agree, but I'm saying where you can tell where he really gets into a role is when it's funny. Yeah, right. In and I know we had a conversation about the uh, Ghostbusters reboot a while ago. Right. He was actually part of the film that I thought was the funniest, and that was the first time you really saw it. Then Ragnarok kind of leaned in to that, and now here we've got. Instead of being funny, he's a joke. And that's kind of the problem a lot of people have had with this film. Is you have Thor who's defeated and then he just lets himself go. And I didn't see him as a joke. I didn't see him as the butt of the jokes. I saw really realistic. He's depressed. He's seen himself as a failure. He's done, right? He doesn't see any way out of what's done is done. He can't do anything. He can't save the people that he's lost. What's the point? Right. He's reached his end. He had his chance. And, and he so failed. he's fighting with. Um, well, did you know Fortnite survived the snap? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently people still haven't got any sense of what a good game is. Apparently and, uh, half the universe can go extinct and people are still playing video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we still need our recreations. Yeah. Um, so that makes a very big point, which is that Thor is the most directly impacted and there's a real physical cost for that for him. And so when Ant-Man shows up and says, Hey, I think I have a way to get to Thanos and, and make this not a problem. I think we can get the gems because one of the things that we kind of glossed over when they go to Thanos, he's already destroyed the gauntlet and there's no way for them to undo the snap. And so Scott brings this possibility and of course, everybody except for Tony is like, we have to do this. And Tony, I get that he had a family and something to look forward to, but damn, that's selfish. I mean, we're talking billions and billions of people across the galaxy. Well, he doesn't think it's possible at first either. He no. eventually runs his Tony numbers and math and discovers times a Mobius or whatever, which I really don't want to spend a lot of time talking about the time travel in this movie. <laughs> it's hand wavy. Let's just put it at that. I think it serves the plot. It There's opens one a lot of questions. big problem in my mind, even though they've tried to explain it away. We'll come to it at the end of this conversation. Yeah. Uh, which So Tony, you know. He decides he's in, but he has stipulations. Yes. What's happened in the last five years, we're not undoing. Which, wow. I mean, I kind of get it, but. Like, if we do it, they're coming back to now. We're not undoing what has already happened. Which is really an interesting way to do that. That's going to have ramifications that we're going to see later. But but everybody kind of accepts his terms. Because they need him. They need him. And then we have... And he, he makes amends with, with Captain America, too. Yes. And, and then we get into Ant-Man and the Wasp 1.5. Yeah. Because the next 40 minutes of the movie is basically an Ant-Man movie caper. 
and it's structured like a caper with everybody going to different points in time to recover the stones. And we then experience our first loss of the team, right? So anybody who died before the snap is dead and doesn't come back. Anybody who dies after the snap is dead and doesn't come back. And so we have a whole scene where they have to go and basically bring um, Hawkeye into this plan because yeah. they want him to be part of it. Which that's how the movie opens. We didn't touch on that. That's the very opening scene. Yeah. So we see Hawkeye with his family during the snap and they're all gone. Because statistically Hawkeye just got screwed. Yeah. Um, and that's the wonderful thing about numbers, right? They're not equally distributed. It's not 50% of the people, you know, it's 50% of all life in the galaxy. So, um, but that sets up this whole path that he goes on where he basically goes around hunting down criminals and killing them. So he goes fully off the reservation and Natasha knows where he is. When he sees it as his point of view is, why did you get to survive? Yeah. You're done. I mean, that's You've wasted the chance that you were given. I lost my family. You don't get to be a bad person. Right. And so that's a good piece of it, but it leads up to our first loss. Uh, which is the recovery of the um, so we have stone. to get the soul stone. Yeah, same price. Same price. But it's packing. So we do have to touch on one thing. How can they do this? Which is they go into the quantum realm and they go into parallel alternate universes. Because another important scene that happens in the film is uh, Professor Hulk having a conversation with the Ancient One about why he needs the Time Stone from her. And this is before Doctor Strange has become Sorcerer Supreme. And it's a really interesting conversation that's happening at the same time as the Soul Stones trying to be recovered. So they kind of intercut between the two of them. To yeah, they go back. So th- they want to catch the stones. They can get three of the stones in the Battle exactly of New York. exactly where they are. Right? In they, the Battle of New York, yeah. right? You've got, lo- you've got the, the Mind Stone, the, the Tesseract, and they know that the... Uh, Satorum Sanct- the Sanctum Satorum right. is in New York. So they think they're going to meet Doctor Strange, but he isn't. He isn't he hasn't, Doctor Strange yet. He's well, he's still Doctor Strange, but he isn't the Sorcerer's Supreme. So they find they find the Ancient One, Tilda yeah. Swinton, yes. and Bruce and her, her have a conversation. Um, And he's like, hey, I need to borrow this for a while. Um, You can't possibly. And she goes into this explanation of multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do this because you're going to splinter. And we kind of saw that in Doctor Strange to some extent with him using the time zone in general. Oh, yeah. Right? Baron Mundo is like, you can't mess with time. And yes. even Wong's like, you can't do it. But then when he does it, it's like, okay, that worked out for the best. But he was doing it in another dimension and he was messing with Dormammu. Right. So nobody was upset about that. Well, he uses it on Earth too. To undo. To undo some of the damage. Yeah. Um, but... So they, they go through the process of all these little heists and we have to sacrifice one of the team members to get the soul stone because the price is the same, um, which opens one of our first plot holes later on in the movie, which is that basically you have this five minute scene with Clint and Natasha. Who meets the red skull and have no idea who he is. No idea. He's who just he there is. and he's like, yep, you got to pay the price. And he doesn't know. And nobody told are. them what the price was too. I think the only person that knew was Nebula when she sent them when they were talking about who was going where. Oh, we need to talk about Nebula too in a minute. Yeah. Um, because we get into this whole issue of how Thanos comes back and all it's anyway. Uh, so there's a lot of timey wimey stuff going on here. Right. And Natasha ultimately sacrifices herself 
even though Clint, yeah, Clint is the logical. Clint and her both kind of fight over who's going to sacrifice himself to the point where your son thought it was hilarious because they had tried to kill them themselves like too many times. <laughs> yeah. Like throwing themselves over the cliff and preventing the other one to throw themselves over the cliff. And it does go to that. It length. goes a little long. Yeah. yeah. Um, but ultimately we see this, this thread where Natasha does it right. Because Clint's got a family, and if they're going to do this goal, he's going to have a family to go back to. She's not going to have anything to go back to. Which I don't feel like if we've seen... I don't know if that was a fitting in for her. I really don't. Well, we... Yeah. it's And then they drop this hint about the name of her father. Red Skull makes a comment about it. And then we lose her. But we all know that there's a Black Widow movie coming. Right, but are we going to get the emotional payoff to her sacrificing herself? No, like, because it's a prequel at this point. All right, she's dead. And I know. I just I, I I know they played on the fact that Clint kind of went out on his edge to save her because mm-hmm. I mean he basically was set out to assassinate her, right. and he made a different call. But I don't know if we've gotten the. Pay- I don't think the emotional payoff was there out of any of the Avengers to to give their life. It was just kind of weird. She was just kind of gone. Well, and especially weird considering she has another movie. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. Right? He's done. Yeah. Um, well, uh, he's still rumored to have a uh, um, uh, Disney Plus series. Oh, that's right. And it's going to be with Kate, Kate, Katie. Yeah. Which they kind of hint at him handing down the bow to his daughter. So that's one. Uh, they try to go to the Battle of New York and get the Space Stone. Which, which ends funnily. Which, that one's probably the the funniest, right? Yeah. Captain fights Captain. He thinks he's a... Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. <laughs> There's a lot of callbacks. We see Sitwell, Agent Sitwell. We see Crossbones. Yeah. He does the Hail Hydra to trick They them. fight in the elevator just like they did in Winter No, they Soul. don't. Well, they don't they, fight at all. They would have fought in the elevator. They would have. But it, yeah, they set up that exact same scene but it's from earlier, Winter Soldier. Right? Because it's not the same time period. Yeah. Um, and nobody knows that they're Hydra. Um, they tell Hulk to go down the stairs. Is So that we see a lot of what happened at the end of that movie that we didn't get to see after they threaten Loki at the end. And they say, Hulk, you have to go down the stairs. Hulk goes down the stairs. They're trying to take the space stone. We see a callback. Surprisingly, they got Robert Redford back mm-hmm. to play his part um, as uh, Pierce yep. from Winter Soldier. And there's the battle of how they actually got the Space Stone f- to give Thor to go back to Asgard with. They try to take it. Thor comes down angry because he had to take the stairs and knocks one of them down. <laughs> and then Loki sees the Space Stone sitting on the ground. And then he bolts with it. And this is presumably what we're going to see with Loki in the uh, TV show. The TV show, right? We've got a Splendor universe at this point. Yep. So they have to just, they have to decide what to do. And they're like, uh, I know it was with S.H.I.E.L.D. in the 70s. <laughs> so they time travel within the time travel, which was, kind of, that was kind of weird. They go well, back and to S.H.I.E.L.D. And they, they're running out of special juice because they need PIM particles. This is, yeah, they don't have any PIM particles either. So they go back. We know PIM was working at S.H.I.E.L.D. So conveniently, we go back to the base where Captain America was made in Jersey. Mm-hmm. We see Howard Stark. We see young Hank Pym, S.H.I.E.L.D., and they just keep the Tesseract in a vault somewhere. But this is before the 90s when it went out west of Captain Marvel when they were for yeah, Project there's, there's uh, Pegasus. Yep. Anyhow, we see a touching moment with Howard and Tony and his dad, or Howard and Tony. And, and Howard doesn't know that Tony is Tony. Yeah. And Tony kind of comes to terms with his father, right? He had always kind of 
Sala's father is this cold figure and we see him just as a human being and he doesn't know what to do to be a dad. And Tony recently becoming a dad. Can now relate. And that's a lesson most parents learn. Yeah. Right. At some point in your life. You I thought I, I almost cried during that part because I thought it was yeah. really touching. I thought it was really good resolution for for Tony. Um, and they did a great job bringing back all of these actors who've been yeah. in these movies for 10 years. And even surprisingly, th- this is the most obscure callback. So Howard gets in his car and it's Jarvis driving Jarvis. and it's Jarvis from season two yes. of Agent Carter. Yes. Because that, I was just like, they got the same actor for that. They did, and it was awesome. It was amazing. So even for the TV show, it was like a little... And they got Haley Atwell to come back and play. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So um, yeah, they yeah Cap sees uh, Peggy at S.H.I.E.L.D. at that time too, and he just looks at her through a window, but he has to keep on the mission. Um, so they managed to get all the stones. To get all the stones. The weird things happen. They come and, back... And Bruce is like, I'll do it. I'm the strongest because they know it's going to damage them in some way. After Because they saw Thanos afterwards and his arms all Wilted. just kind of weird. But, yeah, you know, you know, there is a cost to using them, which that's where we established that. Which is new because yeah, that's not, in the comics, that's not the issue. Right. But it, again, I think it's a cool thing, right? Yeah. You have all the power of the universe, but there's some cost. Well, it's, it's a it's, very minor cost when you think about it. It's it's a realistic layer on top of a superhero film. Right. Right. Because if you could just snap and do whatever you want all the time, you get into this problem. And Thanos story-wise. is freaking strong. And we see it still hurts him. And so they decide. Well, his arm Hulk, is dead. Right. When they fight him, he doesn't have the use of his right. left hand. So Hulk decides to snap, and they don't know if it works. And then they hear birds outside because, get this, guys. It wasn't just half of all sentient beings. It was also all life. Which goes back to my point about you wipe out half an ecosystem. Deer, cows, do we assume insects? If it is, then... What they're... about trees? Well, trees didn't seem to go away. What about bacteria or... Yeah, don't go too far down the Fungus? Don't go down the rabbit hole. Okay. I just had to get that out. Yeah. So he snaps. They finally, and then Clint gets a call on his phone and it's his wife. Yeah. And they kind of know what happens. And then. Well, then some other people come back. Well, this is the whole thing with Nebula, right? So when Nebula goes back into time, apparently she exists on some sort of neural network in which the two Nebulas connect. Because she's a cybernetic brain. Right. Yes. And so they discover, Thanos discovers everything that happened in this other reality. And he knows that he's victorious. Yeah. But now he knows where all five stones are. Well, he knows he are. died, too. Yeah. And he knows that all five stones are in one place. Yeah. And all he has to do is go and get them. Yep. So they do. But they go through. So the time travel thing, apparently, you know, like where they're all wearing these wrist things, apparently Nebula just makes a configuration and his entire the the what is it the sanctuary two comes out yeah and is in Earth's orbit and he starts shooting missiles on the Avengers facility I mean he it, it destroys it it's gone I mean and we see uh, Hawkeye and and them coming out of the rubble and then we get to the best literally the best the finisher right mm-hmm. twenty um, minutes of combat it's just well we combat. get this amazing scene where Cap. Iron Man and Thor all battle Thanos and he gives him what for with his helicopter blade of doom. 
<laughs> um, he doesn't just, yeah, he doesn't have, he has a helicopter of doom in this blade of. Yes. Oh, and, and a key point here, Thor didn't immediately get svelte. He's still fat Thor. Yeah. Well, he, he his beard braids and he does get the armor back. He looks, he looks like uh, basically a fat, I mean, a big Viking. He looks amazing, I think. Yeah. Um, but he's not like, he looks how Thor, how I imagine Thor and Norse well, mythology. If you look at North Thor and Norse mythology, he's, he's not a, you know, a muscular superhero yeah. type. He's, he's a big brawly yeah. Viking. And, uh, so they, they battle Thanos on the ground, try to give him what for knocks cap. They knocks all of them in his ass, knocks caps down, breaks his shield. Oh, we didn't mention. We're getting that. That's what I'm getting to. Well, right hold now. on. We, there's a piece of the time travel that we didn't talk about, what? which was Thor's piece. Where he oh, actually goes he, back to get the ether. Well, actually, we need, we didn't touch about Thor at all. Actually, yeah. So we have this really touching moment where he he goes back to Dark World. Dark World becomes an integral part of this movie, which I don't hate Dark World as much as anybody does. I think it has some really good moments. It's I just agree. not as strong as the sum of its parts. Yes. No, I I'm with you on that one. Um, but we see we get to see Frigga. Hmm. Um. And we get to see this touching moment where he's like, I, she knows who he is. She knows that. Yeah, she's because she looks son, right at son. him and says, yeah. you're my son from the future. Don't tell me what happened. And she says, stop trying to be what everybody wants you to be and be yourself. You can do what you want to do. I don't know. There was because we didn't get to see closure of Thor and his mom in that. Movie. No, because she dies randomly. Um, kind of. But the other piece is that he picks up Mjolnir. Yeah, he he pulls his hand out and Rocket's like, "What's he doing?" And she's like, "It takes a while." <laughs> he grabs Mjolnir from the other reality. So he's back. got Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. Yeah. So and... he battles Thanos with that for a while. So we're back to the battle with Thanos. Yeah. Thanos knocks them all in their ass. I mean, it's a cool battle. They give him what for, but he's, and, no, he's, and I would say he that... seems more eventual. The other thing about Thanos in this movie is you see, you see how vengeful he is when he talks about. You know, how his his righteous path of, you know, clearing half the universe. He, then he sees how much they're trying to stop. And he's like, no matter what I do, you guys will always stop me. Well, this time when I snap, I'm going to eliminate you from the equation. And I'm going to make your planet a miserable rock in the universe. You see that side of Thanos where you they've angered him, right? Yep. Thanos was cool and calm and collected in the first movie. And this one, he's like, okay. I'm done with this. You're kind of pissing me off right now. <laughs> well, and they are fighting him, and they're, they're not beating him, but they're definitely hurting him. Yeah. But it takes all three of them at once right. to do it. So they're not cap on his ass. Um, and then you see Thanos get knocked in the face by Mjolnir. And he but sh- Thor's sitting over here, and we see the scene that everybody cheered for. Everybody. He's worthy. Yeah, so Cap picks up. Because that was a big problem. So here's a on. theory. Why was Cap not worthy in Age of Ultron? And here's the theory that I kind of agree with. And this is a cool MCU. If you've been watching them all, I think it's kind of interesting. Because he hasn't gotten to the truest form of who Cap is? No, it's actually a little more personal. Hasn't forgiven Bucky? No, 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 no. Why don't you let me explain? Okay, explain. You're stalling. Cap knew what happened to Tony's dad and never told him the truth. Civil War was the last film we saw Cap in before this one i mean infinity war right he had had hidden the truth from tony he had covered it up um and he was willing to sacrifice everything for bucky as opposed to his worldview right he was willing to put everything ahead of 
That's an interesting theory. I like that. Yeah. So when he finally comes into amends with Tony and they get through that horrible scene, you know, we see Cap is Cap, right? He's worthy. He's that that he's the truth has found a way one way or another. Okay. I like and he that realizes answer. wrongs. You know, he he that's the whole breakdown of civil war right cap has lost any he he's against everybody at that movie he's only trying to protect bucky Mm -hmm. no matter the cost so so you had to grow up a little bit huh he had to grow up a little bit so So. anyway back to this fight so yes cap has his shining moment he's got a shield in one arm and he's got mjolnir in the other and he is going toe-to-toe with thanos and he's beating thanos up he can control lightning. Yeah, because he's got the full powers of Thor. Because remember, that's he who's worthy will have the power of Thor. It doesn't mean Thor loses his power, because as we've seen, Thor has his own power. But Mjolnir is the power of Thor. And so he's he's really beating Thanos back to hits the Hits the shield with the hammer, bounces off, hits Uses the again. vibranium. I mean, everything a comic book geek would want Captain America to do in a fight if he had the hammer. And... Um, Eventually, they get the gauntlet away from Thanos, and they start playing chase the football. No, 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 no. You skipped over lots of parts here. Well, I did, but so we got to talk about those moments. Okay, this, these are the, this these is going to be a three-hour podcast. No, we're going to finish up the next minutes here too. Okay. So Thanos breaks his shield. Does break the shield. And yes. Cap is Captain America. He's he's down. He straps his shield up. Iron Man's down. Thor's down. And he stands up to Thanos. He's ready to... He can do this all day, right? We hear that joke. Mm-hmm. Then we hear... We can hear something on the comms. Yeah. And then we hear Cap on your left. And then we have that magical moment where all the portals open up. And that gave me so many chills. Uh, I know it's dumb. It's stupid comic book stuff. But we see Doctor Strange. We see all the people that got dusted... Coming back. And then some. We see the Asgardians. We see Korg and Meek come back. We see the Ravagers. Did you know the Ravagers were there? I didn't even notice the Ravagers. They were in that scene. We see any tangential character show up through the portals. We see Wasp. Mm -hmm. And then the music. It's my favorite song, Alan, Alan Silvestri. Kudos to you because I thought it was an amazing score for that moment. We see Ant-Man come up out of the Avengers facility. He hands off little Professor Thor and Rocket on War Machine. And like, I don't, he, he, we don't Professor think we saw Hulk, it Huh? Professor yeah. Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Did I say Professor Thor? You did. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, We see them all. And then we see everybody line up. Everybody's, you can see Thanos' face. Yes, there was the comic book shot. Well, right? we can see Thanos' face page. during this. And he's like. Okay. I'm this might not go my way. Yeah, we see him you see him like a little shook, I think. You see them all line up in this amazing shot. Right? And then the most important hero in the entire Marvel universe shows up and destroys Not his yet. Ships. You're jumping to conclude this is I'm gonna spell it out. Even though everybody saw it, I want to spell it out. Okay. I'm trying to get us through this. I know, we're gonna get through it, but you keep slowing it down. So we see Cap and he says the the thing that you Want him to say for all movies, he says Avengers Assemble. And as soon as he finishes the words bull out of Assemble, you hear Thor do this huge war cry. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and then they go, oh, I'll go charging. 
in this amazing shot that they've done in every Avengers film. Mm-hmm. And you see everybody. And what's even better is they're like, no, we'll take that up a notch. How about an aerial shot? Here's an aerial shot where you can barely distinct them all and you just see the huge charge. It was a moment. Do you remember in Return of the King when the Rohirrim comes up? Yes. Um, and how it just changes the whole scene. Yeah. And that moment. It's an amazing moment that I think this rivaled. Yep. And then you see the the classic Avengers cutscenes where they're going through teaming up. You see uh, Pepper as rescue. You see the battle up. You see even some of the the Wakandans fight. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I want to go back and watch every frame because everybody has a small moment. But then yes, let's talk about your stuff. So Hawkeye comes up out of the facility with the gauntlet. He's the one that has the gauntlet, and then they play a game of hot pota- hot gauntlet. Hot gauntlet, yeah, it's past the football. And there's another minor moment is Clint has it, and then um, Black Panther comes up to him and says, give it to me, Clint, which is another minor callback to Civil War. And he's like, hey, I'm I'm Clint. Nice to meet you. And Black Panther says, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, again, a little minor cutback. They play Hot Potato. Spider-Man ends up with it. And then I'll let you get to your part that you wanted to bring up. No, I mean, this is this is amazing, but also disappointing for me in that. So, yes, Captain Marvel shows up. She single handedly. We've figured out what her superpower is in Marvel Universe. Destroying ships. She can destroy spaceships. That is her superpower. And Spidey is flying around and basically he's starting to get beat up because he, he just can't keep dodging. And all of the other characters are like, you've got the gauntlet. Peter, you've got to get it and get out of here. And so they're they're basically defending him and to the point where he finally gets knocked down. And then all of the... There's one scene, it's just all of the female heroes standing in front of Spider-Man to defend him, and then they take the ball and run Well, Captain Marvel it. takes it. Captain Marvel takes it, and, right. And then, then you get the Captain Marvel versus Thanos fight. Which is awesome. Because she's standing toe-to-toe with him. Because she's the most powerful superhero ever created. Because she's going to save the future. And, you know, whereas Thor and the Hulk and Iron Man and Captain America had to team up, Captain Marvel can stand fist-to-fist with him. They've all stood fist-to-fist with him. Well, she and has he more. he still knocks her on her ass. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. And I, then he I just... puts on the gauntlet. Yes. And then he finds Tony. Tony comes up as he's putting the gauntlet on. And he's like, I'm going to finish this. And he says, I am inevitable. Yeah. And in that moment, Tony gets the, the gems, the infinity gems. And he says something. And this is a reshoot. But he says, I am Iron Man. Which, again, everybody loved. But that was something that um, Robert Downey Jr. didn't yeah. want to film originally. They had to call him back for that one scene. They'd already filmed for it. And they brought him back for that scene. I thought it was touching. Um, and then we finally get the sacrifice in yeah. the film. So Thanos or Iron Man snaps. Thanos, Thanos has to away. see. I love it. Thanos has to see all of his failure before he dusts away. Yeah, which is great. It's just a rub in the nose. Like, no, you're done. You're done. You're all done. You're basic. So there's some things that are left over, and, and that resolves the main story. Right. And then Tony dies right. because. He's not powerful enough to survive this, right? The Hulk was, but Hulk's arm is done. He, right. he can't, he's not even fighting. 
right? He's doing everything he can but fight. Tony passes away. And there's some interesting things that happen that we haven't really talked about, which is the Gamora. Gamora is in this film because it's the Gamora from the alternate timeline who came forward with Thanos. Right. By the end of the film, you can see she's already starting to doubt Thanos. And this is before she had left him chronologically. Correct. There's also two nebulas in this film. Right. And... So there's some question left at the end. Nebula Sr. kills Nebula Jr. Right. So, exactly. Our Nebula, right, kills herself, her alternate self. And then she looks to find Gamora, and Gamora's gone. Nobody knows what happened to Gamora. So they're setting up that story. I think it's ultimately going to be the quest of uh, Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. Um, And then you've got all of this decimation that's happened, but everybody's come together and Tony has passed. So they hold this small kind of intimate funeral with all the main characters and their families at Tony's house, which is this little farm that they have set up with pepper. And we see pretty much everybody in this scene. Um, And then closest to him, we see, you know, we see happy, we see a roadie and pepper. Mm -hmm. And then right behind them, we see Spider-Man and Aunt May. Yep. Um, we see the kid from Iron Man 3. Which is, it's funny because when I'm watching it, it's the first character I'm watching everybody else. And I'm like, who the hell is that? It's the kid from Iron Man 3. Because he's like 18 years old. And the idea was that Tony was supporting him this entire time. Right. That was just off screen. Yeah. Right. He was cultivating his next Spider-Man. Right. Um, and there's some theory about how that could play into the future as well. Um, and then we have this... <sighs> Happy and his daughter yeah. was his daughter asking for hamburgers. Yeah, and he's like, "Your dad loved hamburgers." <laughs> it's just so minor, but I, there's just so much heart in these this film that it, it's astounding. I think a lot of people, you know, it was a big budget, but there's still a lot of heart in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're back to the status quo, and you know, we have a new status quo. So first off, we see Thor going off. Thor passes his kingdom off to Valkyrie. She is now king of Asgard, new Asgard. Yep. Um, and he goes off with the Guardians, Asgardians of the Galaxy, which even says in the film. It's and there's this amazing scene. And people said they thought it went on too long. I thought it was perfect for Thor and Star-Lord. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 you're in command. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Everybody will know who's in command. <laughs> and you mean me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, everybody, I think everybody knows. <laughs> it's, it's this awkward. <laughs> well, their and banter it, and their And it plays chemistry. on Infinity War 2 when they're talking about, that's that's no man. That is a god of a man. <laughs> Drax. Oh, Drax. Um, but we've got everybody back, except we don't have Vision. He did not Vision's gone. We don't have Natasha. Natasha's gone. We don't have the original Gamora. Nope. Got so we've got a Gamora, Gamora who doesn't have a relationship with the guardians at this point yeah she kind of hasn't gone through that character arc that she did in one and two and she doesn't have a relationship with peter no so that'll be an interesting thing to five see. years have passed everything that happened spider-man happened. is still 16 years old but so here's the but funny legally, thing about spider-man all of his classmates were snapped yeah this, as with him exactly. so they're all the same age but he, all the key cast members were yeah. snapped yeah so you know ned and mj and um flash all of them disappeared too yeah. because they're all in the movie that comes out soon spider-man far from home yeah now imagine 
if you would, how ca- how much more chaotic it would actually be? Not it's bad enough everybody disappeared, and the world is adjusted. But then everybody comes back, and the world is yeah. You, Look at the legal status of these people. Well, they address. They said they're going to address that. They're going to address it because he's got a passport, yeah. and it says he was born five years, you know, older than his age because he was snapped. And they're like, "Yeah, how's that going to work? How's I can that drink? work? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm 21. I can drink. <laughs> no, you're 16. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, you know. And then they're going to Europe, and there's that whole thing. So. Just to wrap this up, because we have gone on quite a while about this. Yeah, but I think we needed to. Uh, Spider-Man is the end of Phase 3. Yep. For the Marvel Universe. There's a lot of questions in this movie. And and Marvel is purposely holding back the slate of releases after Spider-Man until after Spider-Man. Yep. Because they say there's things we need to understand before they can move forward. Right. And it's kind of the same thing they said about um, Endgame, which is we can't show you the Spider-Man trailer, even though it's only two months between them, because there's things that you'll know from that trailer that we don't want to spoil. Right. Like, we know Nick Fury's back. Right. right? We know that there's some sort of S.H.I.E.L.D.-like organization. And there's a lot of callback to Tony in Spider-Man about kind of Spider-Man filling the mantle of Iron How Man. is he handling the loss? How's the, the world loss, handling the loss? And Happy's there, and Happy apparently has a relationship with Aunt May. Yeah, which is a lot of interesting stuff that I think will get addressed. Um, and then there's we see a touching moment in the trailers between Happy and him. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole Spider-Man Homecoming, Happy's <laughs> like, stop calling me knowing a kid. But Spider-Man ends up saving his ass. Well, there's respect. Yeah, there's definitely respect. Right? At the end of Homecoming, there's respect. Because of what he does with the Vulture. He's like, yeah. okay, kid. You know, maybe you're not a kid. Yeah. And then he saved the world and he's gone to space. And now he's like, look, you don't have to replace Tony. Yeah. You have to be your own hero, but you don't have to replace Tony. And that's, I guess, the story we're kind of going to get right. in this film is how Spider-Man deals with all of this. And there's Mysterio. Which. And there's about rifts in dimensional space and time and alternate universe. Which I'm not buying any of it. We've got to wait and see. I'm not buying any of it. So overall. Sean, yes. Did the MCU fulfill its goal? I think it. it, it Does it hold stuck up? the landing? Absolutely. Uh, Do you think this is going to be as memorable as Star Wars or Lord of the Rings ten to twenty years from now? If they keep making superhero movies the way they're making them now, no. I think I think the first ten years will stand on its own. I think whatever comes next is great. Um, like, obviously they'll reference things, but I mean, I think it's a good start and end. They'll do a box set that will sell amazing. Um, yeah, but I just wonder if this is kind of the peak of, it's definitely the peak and it's going to start declining from here. I think so. I think ultimately, hopefully we'll see this slow down now that we're on that before we go to the, the, the actual tangents here. Yeah. We've got like six more tangents. Did you see together. Disney released a, a list of all their movies for the next five years? Right. Yes. And it's for the next five years, it's like Disney live action remake. They're going to do three year. And then next year they're going to do four. Yeah. This year we have Dumbo, Lion King and Aladdin. Next yeah. year's going to be four live. And they literally say remake on the yes. schedule. They say Marvel movie, Marvel movie. They say Fox Marvel movie. And then it's uh, a bunch of Fox releases. I mean, it's like, and then we've got a gap for Star Wars, but then they're going to start up Star Wars films. And it's like, it's literally like a movie a month in all these major franchises. Mm-hmm. And they're going to saturate the market and people are going to get tired of it. Yeah. I think so. we're largely at the edge of that with the superhero phenomenon. 
Yeah. But um, you willing to bet on that? I am not a betting man. You know that. Okay. Well, that's our thoughts on it. Yeah, I'll. I'll oh, I, I didn't realize <laughs> you're gonna hit the tag. Go ahead. And, what? Nothing. I'm just. So let's move on. Let's move on to some actual tangents here. Okay, first tangent on the list. Yep. Doom Eternal. I am excited for this game. Yeah, and we're going to hear more in the next few days. Yeah, we're recording this right before E3. We're not going to give you an E3 show we didn't last year. So we will first never time, again one's enough. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so why are you so excited about this? I, so I think Doom is the most Nintendo-like first-person shooter ever made by a company that's not Nintendo. Hmm. Here's why. You have incremental gameplay where they introduce new elements and space them out appropriately. The pacing's amazing in that That's game. just called good game design. It is, but Nintendo does it the best. Okay. Um, secondly, a lot of focus on different enemy types. Nintendo does that really well. A focus on you can play it straight or you can explore, right? There was a whole there's this whole debate when the first Doom came out of why do we need a story for Doom, right? It's Doom. Go well, shoot we talked demons. about this at lunch today when it was you and Connor and I sitting there and Connor's like, dad doesn't like to run and shoot at the same time. Yes, I do. But when I play shooters, I play them and this is going to sound weird. I play them as though I'm in the situation and I, I fall back on my training, which is when you're in the middle of a combat zone, you don't run directly into combat. You don't screamingly run around and fire all your ammo. I just, which doom is that's why I love Doom, right? It's no duck and cover. There's no reloading. The, the tactic is to, to keep moving. Right. And this is why I like Doom 3 and you don't. Oh, I hate Doom 3. So, I, I mean, the monster closet's not... Dead Space gen, uh, prototype. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So, Doom Eternal looks great because of multiple things. It looks like they're doing Hell on Earth, which I love that storyline of. Mm-hmm. Demons come to Earth. Um, I don't know why. It's just because it's, of Mars. I guess Mars is okay, but seeing hell on well, Earth is still on Mars cool. for some of it. Um, we're gonna see apparently some other environments too. Yeah. Um, more well, hell. We'll know more in the next. We're gonna few see. Days. Yeah, we'll see more. But I think apparently we're gonna get some angelic intervention. Possibly well, that'll be a first for the series, which is amazing because that's one of the reasons I love Diablo is the battle of hell on Earth. Also, missed opportunity. I need to add it. Remind me later. Okay. Um. So the other thing is the mechanics look insane. There's a lot more focus and even more mobility, mm-hmm. more multiplayer. You can come into my game as a demon and, and F me up, which. Well, uh, you may have just sold me on it. Not that I wasn't going to buy it anyways, but. So anyhow, I'm, I'm just super excited because I thought Doom was really, really well done. A return to form to bring that old sort of franchise back. If you don't count Doom 3. And it's unlike any FPS in the market, in my opinion. Uh, I agree. Absolutely agree. Next. So, so this is one for me. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you your doom. I get Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Which is. So did you ever think you'd see the day? To a I honestly to didn't Gate? think they would do another Baldur's Gate game. Would they do another D&D game? Maybe. But I mean, and here's the, here's the real kicker. This is coming from the same people who did Divinity Original Sin and Divi- Divinity Original Sin 2, which are probably the most awesome isometric RPGs to be released in the last 10 years. Uh, there's plenty of others. I love Pillars of Eternity. I like Torment. I, I mean, all of those games are good. But if you... And, and Pathfinder. But really, if you want to look at you know genre-defining games, like Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were, 
Divinity Original Sin is that version for today. And so to have them working on a Baldur's Gate story, and, and what we know so far is that it's going to focus around the Mind Flayers. Yeah, I watched the trailer. That was really cool and creepy. It's very creepy, right? Yeah. It's it's body horror to the max, right? Mind Flayers are not nice things. And they were prevalent in Baldur's Gate too, because you had all the Underdark stuff going on in that one. But to see where they're going, where it's an extra planar evasion from a Nautiloid ship, which is a star star jammer or space jammer or whatever it was called. Um, yeah, star jammers, which was a D and D setting that is no longer around. But uh, the fact that you've got these mind flares invading Baldur's Gate, inv- invading the Forgotten Realms, and taking over the you know the the pearl of of the coast and it's just that's we have no gameplay we don't know what it's going to look like but if they use even a similar engine to divinity original sin you get interactive physics you have environmental effects it's going to be the right combination i just hope it's the right story and we're going to see this on pc and consoles yes and they're re-releasing all the original boulders gate games well and that's separate Right, it is, but it's related, right? It's a franchise. They're bringing back all these games, and the major which I've never played. So this may be on my missed opportunities list when I, they okay. come out to retail. Well, the other thing I was going to say is the main campaign that's coming for the next release for Dungeons and Dragons Tabletop is Baldur's Gate in Hell. So Baldur's Gate goes to Hell and it gets trapped on the plane of Avernus, which is the first layer of Hell in the D and D cosmology. And so there's a story about what happens when the city just kind of gets transported to hell. And that's the big campaign that's coming out this year for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. So there's a lot of Baldur's Gate hype going on right now. And I think that's part of why they released this information before E3. All right, moving on to the next one. Destiny 2 is going free to play. Yep. And they're getting rid of console exclusives with PS4. Not just that, they're doing cross-save. And cross-save. Not cross-play, but cross-save. It's coming to Google Stadia. And, well, we we didn't really talk much about Stadia other than what I had experienced with it. And now we have a price and a launch date for Stadia. But um, Destiny 2 is going... Basically, Bungie is funding it as an MMO. And if you buy the expansion that's coming out in September, you get all of the existing content for Destiny 2 as well. They're uh, kind of following the same model that WoW went to, right? You, you get to level up to a certain level, play. and then, yeah. The other thing that they've committed to is they're not doing season passes anymore. So if you want a piece of content, and and this is the same way ESO does its expansions too. And I think that's the same way that Final Fantasy 15 or 14 rather uh, does is they're selling content in packs. And if you want the pack, you buy the content and you're not fantastic. You're not buying ahead, right? You're not giving them money for something they haven't delivered on. Or under-delivered on. As Fantastic. Maybe. You mean the thing I want, I can buy it and not get a random chance to get? Well, there's still loot boxes in the game. Right. Um, they have to have the silver shop. Well, it's a loot shooter. So. Yeah, it's a looter shooter. Um, so that'll be interesting. And, and you know, who knows? Maybe we can even get Jared to pick up Diablo. Or not Diablo. Destiny 2. Maybe. All the D games. Destiny, Diablo. Doom. Doom. Okay. So next. So... Actually, we didn't talk about this. We'll have to talk about this later. We'll skip it. Uh, DC Universe. Yes. May or may not exist. We never talked about the last episode of Doom Patrol. We haven't because it happened two weeks ago. Right. We should... We'll side... Yeah, we'll come back to Doom Patrol. We need to talk about Doom Patrol as a whole. That whole series. Yeah. But... But, uh, uh, So, Swamp Thing came out 
um, which yeah. we knew was coming, and we've seen some trailers. So it came but out. But we knew it had problems. And Well, do you know why? Did you read up why? Uh, I haven't read completely. I'll tell you. So I'll let you continue. Well, I was going to say, what we knew is that during production, they cut it down from 13 to 10 episodes. Yep. And that uh, there was some question about whether or not it was going to have any longevity. Right. Well, the first episode aired, and we immediately got a cancellation notice. Yep. Doesn't matter whether it was good or people loved it or not. So what happened? So what happened was they had, uh, they were filming in, I think it was North Carolina. Yes. And North Carolina had a tax break for film, right? They had a mm-hmm. tax. And essentially they had committed to, it's like a 20 million tax break or something. I don't forget the specific numbers, but due to how they filed things and timing, uh, they're only able to get about half of what they te- their tax credit was going to be, which made it financially unstable to continue forward. They wouldn't be able to film in the same area. So that's, that's it came down to money is what happened. That makes it sense. wasn't about quality or, or likelihood or characters. It was like they had everything set up, and they're, they're taking a loss on the show ultimately. But because, I'll be fair. I don't think you need more than one season of yeah. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is not a, a, a character-driven show that would last. Right. Swamp Thing is a monster. Right. So I thought it was it was just really weird that like bureaucracy <laughs> killed the show. It's, it's yeah. Well, since we're talking about TV shows, let's switch over to the Marvel side of that. Yeah. So Marvel, we we know that Disney Plus is coming out in November, mm-hmm. and we know that we're getting MCU shows. We're getting Avengers universe. shows. Right. They're all Avengers centric. So far. Yeah. Um, we're getting Falcon and, and Winter uh, Soldier. Winter Soldier. We're getting WandaVision. Which, which we don't know what, the, what that's Which makes no sense, but sure. Well, Vision's a robot. I think Shuri backed him up, honestly. I think that's what happened. Okay, interesting. Backed up his consciousness. You know, it's a comic book movie, people. I said interesting. I, did, yeah. I didn't. Anyway. We're getting a couple. But, but we're getting the supernatural well, we're still stuff got, on we've got, So Jessica Jones just came out, and the last season came out. Has it? I didn't think it was it out until next week. It just came out. Okay. Um, on Netflix, and we know the Netflix shows got canceled, but we, we still have yeah. Agents of Shields finishing up. We have on Freeform, we still have Cloak and Dagger, Cloak and Dagger, and we also have we still have Runaways on Hulu, Runaways, which I haven't heard if it got renewed for a third season. I don't know because the second season's been out for a while. But it was announced that Ghost Rider and Hellstrom, two separate series, are coming to Hulu, which is interesting because you've got. Not Disney Plus, Hulu. Right. No, but you've got ties. Ghost Rider is tied to Agents of Shield, well, and it's the same for, actor, but not it's the, the same, same actor. But they haven't confirmed that it's the same character. character. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Hellstrom has ties to Ghost Rider. No, Hellstrom has ties to Jessica Jones. Oh, okay, because Patsy is Hellcat, and Hellcat was married to Damien Hellstrom. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know what this is because they haven't said they're going to be related to any other shows. It's on Hulu, which Disney owns now. Everybody's sold their majority stake. Disney owns Hulu, and they own Disney Plus. Yep. So it's I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the strategy is here. I, I loved uh, I forget the actor's name that played um, Gabriel Luna. Yeah. Yeah. In in Agents of Shield. Yeah, he did a Robbie really good Reyes. job playing Robbie Reyes. Um, I love this depiction. I love that character. I love that entire arc of that season. I thought it was great. The dark hold stuff. Um, so yeah, I, it's just really weird. We're just getting, and then we've got the whole problem with the CW shows. They're on the decline. With well, the DCU. They, I think that they've got one or two years left in them. And that's um, it. Though we're getting Batwoman this year, so yeah, I don't know. I just the comic book shows seem definitely more on the decline than the movies are. Mm-hmm. Well, in, interestingly, and this is a comic book show, uh, Lucifer 
which got picked up and saved by Netflix for season four, is getting a season five, but it's the last season. They've already, because Lucifer came out two weeks ago, I think. Right. And they've said, we're going to do season five and we're going to wrap up the show. So again, this is something that's changing in the streaming world, right? We're actually getting resolution to shows when they are mostly popular, but maybe don't have enough to keep Well, I think there's enough of a niche that that's enough of a reason for people to sign up for a season of these streaming networks, right? Yeah. If they're not already signed up already. Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Sean and I would both tell you to sign up for DC Universe for one month for Doom Patrol because I think we both, it's worth it. Absolutely. And and if you're a fan of the Teen Titans or the Titan, not Titans, but Young Justice is definitely worth it. Next on the list, Sean. Coming now, up. So we were we made a little trip during our hiatus to um, Portland, Maine, and while we were there, we were there for work, and all of us, we had to plan a day of work around a Nintendo Direct that kind of popped up out of nowhere. Right? They were like two days previously. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a Nintendo Direct in two days about this game." And what game would that be, Jared? Super Mario Maker Two. And why? The one reason that people thought a Wii U was probably worth it. This is the one game that anybody, when I talked to about what was their favorite game on Wii U, Super Mario Maker 2 was the, or Super Mario Maker was the, the game. So we're getting this for the Switch. We're getting it for the Switch. Is it just a port like a lot of the It games? is not. It's a full-fledged sequel. We're getting so, a lot of different stuff. We're getting, so you and I watched this direct together, and we were both pretty excited about it. I Yeah. I mean, if you've played Super Mario Maker, if you haven't, here's here's a, the the... Here's the elevator pitch. You can make your own Mario levels. Mario 1, Mario 3, Mario World, New Super Mario Brothers. Make them. Have fun. You've always wanted... You can make whatever your imagination is, right? Can you do Mario 3D? Well, 3D World, yeah, is in this one. <laughs> but here's what it ended up when you went to go play online other people's levels. Right. Hey, ever wanted to be tortured? Here, be tortured. So it's we're fun. continuing that trend. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I think what became very evident with super Mario maker was level design actually takes some knowledge skill. and skill. Yeah. yeah. You can't just throw a bunch of blocks on a, a so field. they're giving you a whole toolkit of characters and levels. And now in this one, they're letting you adjust scroll settings, size, size. Yeah, you can make supersized enemies. And you could do that in the last one. I didn't think you could you for could. everything. You could, you can add fire brothers. You can add Lakitus that throw coins. You can have pipes that shoot bullet bills. You can have bullet bills with Goombas writing on them. You can do whatever you want. There's a lot of stuff you can do in the game that you can't do or have never seen in an actual Mario game. And maybe this is what and we're getting. So the 3d world is a new style. They call them game styles and mm-hmm. super Mario 3d world was my, one of my favorite Mario games, which was also in the Wii U. Yep. Um, and it was a more, Hey, let's take Mario. Let's throw it in 3D. That's all it was. It wasn't like Galaxy where you're going over planets. It's just like, nope, beginning, end, power-ups. It's still a traditional Mario gameplay style. Yeah. And they introduced the most OP'd Mario suit ever, the cat Mario. Yes. Um, No, I'm excited. I don't know if there's much to say about this other than I'm curious to see how well it's regarded. And we saw lots of different things. We saw like Boom Boom and... Uh, other things they hadn't showed mm-hmm. off, and yeah. I, I don't know what's next. Right? We think there's going to be some more. Obviously, they haven't shown their whole hand with this game. And are they going to do DLC for it? Right? They're all about Nintendo's all about DLC is monetizing games now. Agreed. So. Yeah. The first one had they, additional been content slow to get there, but now they're there. The first one had additional content that was released over time. 
like they added keys and a lot of stuff you think halfway checkpoint flags mm-hmm. were not in the original base game of Mario Maker. They're added later. Hmm. So I didn't realize that. Um, we got another indie game coming up in June. It's an indie game with a tie-in. Yeah, it's a Nintendo tie-in. Yes, and of course, I'll let you talk about it. Okay, Dad. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you've ever played Crypt of the Necro Dancer, yes, um, it's a it's like a dungeon crawler game. It's a rhythm based action dungeon, dungeon crawler. crawler. Yeah, you have to move in line with the beat of the music. The music's great. It's scored by Danny B, who also did the original soundtrack for Super yep. Meat Boy. Um, we're getting that, but we're getting something called Cadence of Hyrule. It's a crossover. Into the Legend of Zelda. Yes. Um, and you're going to have the original character of Cadence from the uh, first game. You're going to have Link and Zelda as playable mm-hmm. characters with swords. And they pulled all of Zelda's moves from Smash Brothers with the magic in this game. You see a very cool, distinct art style. Uh, yeah, 16 well, it, bit, but it's very kind of unique. It and is. it's, I don't know. And it's going to have all the. They played one of my favorite songs in the trailer, Tao Tao Heights from Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, the music's going to be worth it alone. Well, and it's a music game, so exactly. it better be. And if you get the. What's the the guy, the choir, the shopkeep? Oh. He does sort of like a vocal on, on top of that. Um, Sean? Yeah. We need to talk. About what? We've been talking for like two hours. I know, now. but this is kind of personal. Okay. Um, how do you feel about Rocket League? I like Rocket League. Really? You like Rocket League? Yeah, I like. You like to play it? Mm, not so much. So you like the concept of I, Rocket League? I, you know, I liked it when it was a mod for Unreal 2004. Okay. Well, you're not old. <laughs> you say that now. Um <laughs> Can I get if we've got that recorded? Awesome. I can I can use that. <laughs> uh yeah. So I like Rocket League. I like the idea of playing Rocket League. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. my actual execution of Rocket League. Yeah, so we invited you to play um, did. the other day. We've we actually been playing quite a lot lately. Yes, in our little friend group. Our the the official four score seven pongs Discord join it today. That's true. It is on the official Discord. Um we even have a and so we invited for... you to a game, just a casual game between friends, no online. You knew everybody that was in the game, yeah. and you got scored on once on your team, your team, and then you quit the game. I got frustrated. You got frustrated because somebody scored a, a no, point. No, I got frustrated because I'm not good at the game, not that I got scored on. Sean, why are you not good at the game? Is this like that Batman scene where he's talking to his dad in Dark Knight? Yes. Bruce, why do people why do fall? <laughs> <laughs> get yeah. back up uh so yes i i experience a lot of frustration with that game especially when it comes to my lack of proficiency but we were just talking the other day at your birthday party this is one of the main games we played after we played destiny for seven hours thanks Connor. we played rocket league and you were having a ball playing it then i was but now all of a sudden you've got this uh hang up about it no i'm just not good at it it took that party to teach me that i'm bad Oh actually, I wasn't gosh. bad. I played goalie a lot, and actually, I was going to say really you're successful. fine. Just I didn't score high points because so, I was the goalie. Listeners, make sure you reinforce Sean to play Rocket League. It's a fun game, and he needs to get out more on the games. <laughs> Sounds like we're leading right into our <laughs> main topic with that statement. Uh, let's go into the main topic, shall we? Sure.
Well, listeners, it is that time of year again. We're getting ready for E3. The sun is up more than it usually is. It's close to being summer where we are. It's the hours. There's a lot of daylight now. There is. The sun stays up to like 9, yeah. 9.30. That's longer than I stay up. Yeah. It's crazy. So, what do you what do you do during summer? Well, I think that this is a conversation that we were just kind of casually having. And I'm like, you know, we've never really gone off topic too much on the show. Not that we really have topics. Well, we go off topic yeah, almost on no, a no, we, tangent? We never go off topic. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about a topic that was off topic. That it wasn't a tangent. Um, and that is, you know, for many people this time of year, they take time off. Or if you're young enough to still be in school, you've got summer vacation going on right now. And the real question is, so how do you make the most of that summer vacation? What do you do with that time that you've got other than sleep, apparently? What is summer vacation? Well, summer vacation is this mythical thing that happens when you're a child. Where you're able to sleep in and have no real responsibilities during oh. the summer months. Wow. Now, I never really How do I get this? I don't know. Because I never really experienced this. Right? Maybe for a few years in my early teens, maybe I, I experienced summer vacation. But still, even if you don't get a quote-unquote summer vacation, summer is a great time to do something different. And so we've put together a quick list. This won't be a very long topic, I don't think. Um, and we've spent the majority of this episode talking about the Avengers, which is what we wanted to do. So we didn't want to go real heavy on the uh, the main topic because I think we kind of already blew our time. You're blowing more time right now. I am. Dead air. Dead air. No, I'm not doing dead air. I'm, I'm filling it. But uh, so w- w- on, if you look at the show notes, you'll see a number of things that we've kind of called out. For you to consider doing. And some of these things may seem apocryphal. Because this is a game about popular media culture and video games. And you'd think that the first thing we'd tell you is play more video games. I'm kind of urging you not to. Right? There's there's a few on this list that kind of cover that. But the first thing I would say is read a book or three. Have you ever gone outside and read a book? In the summer. It's freeing. At the pool. Or at the, the pool, or in the woods, or at the park, or yeah. just in your deck. If reading outside, it. I love reading outside. It's different. Well, you know the problem with using a tablet to to do watch movies and YouTube outside is you can't see it. Well, get but a Kindle. Books, books are amazing. In the yeah, books, books are portable. They have multiple words, and they work really well in in daylight. They work, don't work so well in the dark. But well, I have a Kindle. It works fine. <laughs> Um, but you know, this is a great time to pick up a book, read about something you don't normally read about, challenge yourself or find that popcorn book or join a summer reading club at your local library. My wife would be happy for me to announce that the Columbus Metropolitan Library is hosting summer reading club. I did that all the time when I was a kid. Get actually. points. You'll be eligible for a prize at the end of the season. Yes. Yes, you are. I don't remember any good prizes when I was doing it, but that was in the the 80s. Sticker was a good prize to me back then. But uh, so that's the first thing we really want to recommend folks consider. And if you're an adult listening to this, you probably should double down on these things. Well, I think uh, you make time to read, right? If you're an yeah. adult. Yeah. Yeah. So number two, visit faraway places. Now, so I left this very, very open. 
That doesn't necessarily mean to bet. To bet. Okay. It's that's expensive. Most of us can't afford to go to bet. Um, or even backpacking around, you know, Europe for two weeks, like our friend Gus. Uh, but uh, take this time to go somewhere you don't normally go. And even if that means in a book, hey, I'm bringing it back, or playing a video game, go somewhere that is outside of your experience. Go, go somewhere else. Go away. We're tired of you here. Go away. Yeah, we'll see you later. Um, but, well, I mean, listen to the rest of this podcast first and then go. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then recommend this to all your friends. Um, go visit someplace that you haven't had a chance to visit. I mean, there's plenty of tourist traps. In, in or the, visit you know, a friend that doesn't live where you live. Yeah. Yeah. Take the time. Take yeah. a road trip. Even just a weekend. Yeah. So, you want to cover number three? I'll, f- I'll cover part one of number three. <laughs> Because I didn't, I don't know. I wrote this one for you. I don't know if I agree with the second part, but I wrote this for you. Go camping with your switch. Yeah, but I. So I, we were talking about camping earlier today, and I love camping, and I love getting off the grid. I especially love if you can go camping where there is literally no cell signal, because it kind of forces you to not think about other things. No, I tend to when we go camping, the family, and we haven't done it in a few years because I've been too busy, but. It was my time to just get away from everything. Yeah, and get I away would, from people, get away from I would take a book or drama. I'd take my laptop and I'd play a game I hadn't, didn't, well, back, I back when think, you could play games without having to be online. I don't think time. I've ever played a game outside of a board game in camping. I, I, I've brought my 3DS or some other portable gaming system, but I don't, I have all the time to do that normally. I try to do things I don't normally do when I camp. That's why Where I play I try video to, games when I'm camping. I try to whittle. Or woodwork, because I love whittling and carving and stuff when I go camping. Mm-hmm. Um, I love making food, cutting up camp food. Anything cooked on a fire tastes amazing. Or read a book, like you said. Um, or, honestly, I will go camping and sit in a chair and just listen to nature. Yes. You don't hear the the, the load hum of the road or the highway or, or a lot of the white noise that you hear in a city camping, you literally can kind of be at peace with your thoughts. Now, sometimes being alone with your thoughts isn't great being in a good place of mind, but sometimes it's freeing and a little uplifting to go camping. So we're recommending go camping. Yeah. If you want to bring your switch, that's fine. Just don't, even if camping means getting a cab and not in a tent. Oh, absolutely. Right. I, my back is so bad now. <laughs> I, mean, I, have to, I have to have an air mattress, uh, play right. sports ball. Sports ball is important. It really is. And it doesn't have to be professional sports ball. You don't have to play competitive sports ball. Just go out and play something. Play games is really what this means. Do something outside. Go now, on a bike ride. I spend hours riding my bike. Everybody looks at me funny when I tell them that, hey, my son and I are going for a 22-mile ride today. They said this to me at breakfast. And they're like, really? That's a long way? And I'm like, 20 what? miles is not that long. Well, most people think 20 miles is a very long way. And to be on a bike especially. But you're right. It's not that long. It's not that long. It took us, well, and we didn't end up doing 22 miles this morning because we decided to go to breakfast and then ride over here so we could do the podcast. I find riding a bike relaxing. I mean, it's... You're not chasing a time clock. You get on a trail or, or out in the, the country where there's very little road, you know, interference, and you can just ride for hours. And yeah. See, and, and the other thing, it's, it's like camping. You get on a bike, and if you get... You kind of lose track of time, which is great. You lose track it, of time, and you see things you don't see from a car. Yeah, 
right? think you're more perceptive when you don't know what time it is. I think you're more perceptive to what's going on around. And often time moves faster. Or slower, depending on the moment. So. Um, what's next, Sean? So next is taking advantage of the fact that we have more daylight. Yeah. Right? Use the time we have. Daylight and weather tend to be better, at least here where we live, during the summer. It can be way too much better, which means it's really, really hot and sticky. But for the most part, there's at least two to three hours a day. Most Yeah, you summer. can go. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do in the evening where you wouldn't have time. Going outside, reading a book on your deck at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Um, Having a fire. Campfire. Campfire. Yeah. You you hold some notoriously good campfires. I do, but I don't go camping to do it. It's in my no, backyard no. at my fire range. So the last few fires I've been near, they've been really stellar. I don't know what did that. Connor will take credit for that. Somebody taught him how to make a fire. Somebody starts a fire, but it's maintaining the fire <laughs> where the magic is. Uh, yes, that's true. You are the official fire keeper at my house. <laughs> Um, Connor uh, is a, but a learner at your feet. So you said basements are for winter, and I'd have to disagree with you to some extent. When you're out all day, maybe at a parade or a picnic, a basement can be nice and cool, especially mine. Well, yours has just <laughs> been remodeled, so you've got all the reason in the world to hang out in yours. Mine had like terror Yeah, don't, munch- don't hang out all day in a basement. My basement was occupied by terror munchkins, so I had to yeah. leave my basement. So you said also in here, host a party, throw a tournament. We did. We did. We did. So we, for the third year in a row, I held uh, a tournament at my house. We mm-hmm. did Smash Brothers this year. I um, think it went pretty well. Um, I think everybody had fun. Yeah. We had about, we had what, 16 people? 17? We did. We did. Never, 20. Pretty no, much everybody 20. played in both tournaments. We had 20. 20 we had a casual played. tournament, and then we had a for real Z tournament. Which, again, I think it was for fun. Which, yeah, neither of them were really competitive. They were just... Everybody having fun playing Smash. Um, and I'm thinking, so I've been thinking about holding another tournament outside of my annual one. Um, there are a couple games coming out. There's there's Killer Queen Black. Yes. There's also Samurai Gun. I like to have new games that people haven't necessarily tried before. I think that's fair. Um, what's the next one? The next one is play a long RPG. Whether this is a video game RPG or whether this is getting together with your friends and running through a campaign of Dungeons and Dragons or so Starfinder. This is something I recently talked to my parents about when we talked about summers. I spent a lot of time in summer playing RPGs because that was the best time to play them, in my opinion. Well, you had all the time to kind of invest. You can invest and you, you didn't have to cut off. If you got into a really, if you're really driven as part of the story, you can kind of continue. Yeah. Um, I remember playing Earthbound in summer. I played Final Fantasy VI in summer. Uh, Super Mario RPG. Um, man. There's so many. If you've got, and I love, I think, I think, yeah, you could play online I mean, with your friends. This really goes back to point number two, which yeah. is visit faraway places. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I meant, right? Is even if you don't physically go somewhere, mentally go somewhere. And I would recommend playing something you've not considered playing as an RPG. Talk to a friend, maybe get an, a recommendation from them. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something that's not in your list, or maybe something that's an oldie but still a goodie, like Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Which is available on the PS4, by the way. Yeah. So play something that's a classic. Secret of Mana. Yep. Final Fantasy VII before the remake. Oh yeah, the remake looks good though. It does. We'll know more about that in about a week too. So. Um, work longer hours. Yeah, I probably put this one in here because you're reading it. Yeah. <laughs> 
no, to save but, up for all the E3 games you want. Now that's the real thing, right? Summer is yeah, a good but time don't to pre-order make games. Uh, no, unless you know without a doubt it's something you want and you want it day one. Yeah, right. And so yeah, I don't the pre-order culture E3 is all driven about driving pre-order sales, and I'm yeah, I'm kind of done with that, but. Um, it depends on what comes out, whether I'm it, I think it. it depends on the caliber of the developer, but we've been burnt a lot recently in the fi- last five years. Fallout 76. Bioware. Oh, Mass, God. E- Mass Effect Andromeda. I mean, there's a lot of big things that you would think were sure hits. Oh, that that's right. The Anthem did come out, didn't it? It I did. That, that's how much I was burned. The last thing I have on my list is, you know, there's spring The Marie cleaning. Kondo. Well, I'm not going to say. Cut down on the clutter. So one of the things that, this is a little personal, but... I did remodel my basement, but my drive was I didn't want to come down here because it was kind of cluttered. So I told this to my kids all the time. The state of your environment is the state of your mind. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. So if you're stressed out and you go into a cluttered place, your stress doesn't go away. No. It gets worse in many cases. So yes, take the time and reorganize. If you're a collector, if you're somebody who likes video games, sometimes it can be just fun to pull your video game collection out and inventory it. Or look, yeah, look at them, pull look out one, them. play one for five minutes. Play a game you haven't played. Yeah. Right? And I would say even outside of video game collector, cut on stuff you don't need. Go through stuff and kind of parse down, have a garage sale, do whatever. Yeah, it's a good time to purge. They usually call it spring cleaning, but I always find I do it in the summer. Agreed. So, anyways, that was our what to do on your summer vacation segment. Now we're going to move towards wrapping up this wonderful podcast with our regular statements. Let's start with the fans giving the back feeds, shall we? Sure. All right, so unanimously, the feedback we received through various channels since the last episode was, we need to make more episodes. So consider that message received and rectified. We've made a new episode. Consider this a drop in the bucket. Season three is kicked off. Season three is going to be... With uh, you and me? No, no, uh, the, no, uh, no, no. Yeah, we we really need to write these things down sometimes before we. So let's move on to missed opportunities, Sean. (laughs) Yes, missed opportunities. So I'll lead it off. Recently, we had the Korg's convention here in uh, Columbus, which is the classic game. um, Central Ohio Retro Gaming Society. Central Ohio Retro Gaming Swap Meet. Swap. And uh, I I went along with the gang. You know, Jared and I were there, and I was the financier for many purchases. I, I offered reasonable interest rates and, um, and I spent way too much money. Yes, you did. But we helped you hunt for the things that you wanted. They were enablers. Uh, yeah, that's true. And then, then somebody enabled me to do something that I wasn't even thinking about. We were walking by one of the booths and there on the table were a bunch of Marvel, Disney, infinity figures. And I, I have a few of the star Wars ones, mostly the villains. And I, I really, I had no interest in playing the game. But the visual design on those action figures just kind of caught me. They're very they're very unique, very stylized, but in a good way. So I ended up buying five of them uh, from a guy who was basically like five bucks piece. Just, you know, these kids gave them to me to sell here while I was here. I, they don't want them back. And I'm like, okay. So I bought five of them. And then I bought four more after I got home from Korg's. <laughs> one of which I had to special order because it was hard to find. Nice. So I now have the core Avengers and Venom, which made me very, very happy. So I, I feel like the Disney Infinity toys themselves are far more of an interesting collecting thing than 
the game. And I'm somebody who's been trying to collect uh, Star Wars. Lego uh, Dimensions is that way, too. There's a lot of characters and franchises that were released in Lego Dimensions that weren't released in normal Lego sets. Yeah, that's true. Um, And then because I've been collecting Black Series Star Wars figures for a while, and there's just nothing coming out for Star Wars to the point where it's embarrassing. You go into the stores and there's bare shelves because they're getting ready for this new releases at the end of the year. At least with, like, the Disney Infinity and, you know, the, there's a kind of the premiere series for the Marvel figures that I'm thinking about picking up. But I needed a new toy to collect. So that was my missed opportunity. Jared, you've got two on this list. Yeah, so the first one is something that you and I had talked about a while ago that I had never consumed. And this has came out a long time ago. Though you had all of the books on your shelf about six months ago. Well, I bought it at the same time as the movie, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've had the movie for six months as well. So, Akira. (laughs) um, So, I'm kind of diving into some Japanese uh, media that I was not exposed to when I was a kid or teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you're familiar with a lot more stuff than I am, and I think a couple of our listeners are as well. But it's just something that my my exposure to a lot of this stuff was like Toonami is when I started getting interested in it. So, you love Gundam Wing? Uh, Gundam, yeah. (laughs) I love Gundam. Yeah. Um, Not for the same reasons, but... No, there's... So there's... I mean, I, I'm kind of discovering things that I haven't... I've always... Yeah, I have an interest in. Um, Miyazaki films. So Akira. I've never... I didn't even know anything about Akira when mm-hmm. I went into it. Um, loved it. I watched a video that day that talked about why it was such a landmark film. And I think it holds up. I mean, it's... Absolutely. It's every scene, if you pause it, is is amazing it's so well animated and they it was hand traditional hand drawn and the techniques they did with some of the zooming and effects the light trails and the motorcycle you didn't see anywhere else in animation at that time it's 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 stellar it was 1984 Um, voice acting was great i watched it subtitled um and it's just it's it's a weird so sean one of sean's favorite things that i think we're both in agreement on is uh Nausicaa. It's not Valley one of, of the my Wind. favorite things. It is my favorite it's, movie. And the movie time. and the, the manga we both love. Mm-hmm. And I read that for the first time a few years ago and I loved it. And I would say this is sort of similar in vein, but it's a little more... Um, the story is very different. Um, well, Miyazaki is all about the juxtaposition between man and technology. And this was and more technology and sort of corruption of society driven. Yeah, much more political. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so I recommend checking it out. If if you want to watch something that's a little different than anything else that you'll see, um, and the one thing I told Sean was, I was like, after I watched it, I was like, this inspired a lot of other things, didn't? Because there's a lot oh, of yeah. other things after this film you can kind of kind of tell see what derived from from this. Uh, another thing on the list is where I, I added it. Oh, talking about battles of heaven and hell and all this other stuff. Uh, a, a new series premiered on Amazon Prime Video, which mm-hmm. if you have Amazon Prime. You have Amazon Prime Video. Um, Good Omens. It's a little mini series, six it's episodes. Great, great book. Um, I've never read the book. It's Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Yep. Um, I loved it. So it, it's about the basically the coming of the Antichrist in, in Armageddon and the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, and you have the the story really revolves around an angel and a demon. Um. Crowley Crowley yes and what was 
Uh, I forget his name. Zastafel. Yeah, Azrafel. Something anyway. Um, and in the in the in the miniseries, they're played by um, David Tennant as Crowley, the demon, mm-hmm. and and Michael Sheen as the angel. And it it's is about like, their friendship. It the is definitely about, about the friendship. friendship. It's very much like the odd couple. Um, with but their dynamics. But they're not. They're, well, they're not, but they are. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about it's a it's it's something I love because it kind of goes into being gray, right? It's mm-hmm. and then you kind of see. So it's about this great war between heaven and hell that has to happen so they can find which side is victorious, and you kind of see that the system's kind of corrupt. Yes. Um, that you know they're so set in their system that anything that doesn't follow follow the formula is is bad bad yeah and you kind of see how a demon can kind of have a good side and how an angel can kind of have some compromise i mean that's all i'll say it's it's really lighthearted compared to a lot of stuff that's on tv we talk about armageddon into the world and all this other stuff the show is very lighthearted very british very humor um Humorous. Humorous, yeah. Very humor. Very it's very humor. <laughs> Good humor or ill humor? It it's it's humor. It's humor. Yes. Good humor. Okay. Ice cream bars. But I, I highly recommend it. You liked it. I loved it. I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um there's possibility of a, ne- a next season because there was an unwritten book apparently. Mm-hmm. And they kind of did leave someone in a cliffhanger. I like the resolution. It, it could stand on its own. It's six episodes, about an hour each. Yeah. Um, totally really, really good. It. And Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett did, they were great friends. And unfortunately we've lost Terry Pratchett. Right. So, and I've been reading both of their works for years and it just, their sense of humor, the sense of irony. Uh, yes, it's very British, but it's also very, um, topical yeah. right now. And this has got some great actors in it. Not, I mean, John Hamm's in it and, um, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Um, Yeah. Great acting. Anyhow, moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about our one dumb thing. So the dumbest thing that I've encountered lately is our inability to put out episodes. Uh, Work has just been very, very stressful. And uh, I know we talked about some of the gaps we've had in the past, and we're not going to promise to be perfect. But doing these podcasts isn't for anything other than Jared and I to sit here and talk to each other. We're glad that other people enjoy listening to it. Um, but w- there is a little bit of a social contract here. If, if we make this and you listen to it and you enjoy it, then we hope that you want us to make more, which means we have to make more, which is good. Don't be afraid to shake us. If we're not <laughs> doing it, hold us accountable. Um, and, and as you have, as a listening audience, have told us over the last few um, missing episodes that we should be doing more. So we're big on ideas and sometimes not so great on execution. And what's fun is uh, Sean and I, uh, we talk a lot, but we try to hold off on what we talk about for the podcast. So that mm-hmm. we're kind of discussing it firsthand or first time. So you're getting first takes. And not that we've pre kind of decided. Yeah, I don't know that we've ever really talked about a methodology about how we do this. Yeah, this is a zero edit podcast. Yeah, um, Jared does such a great job with the technology piece that you wouldn't know that he's not going back and editing the sounds back in. I mean, we leave some of the verbal gaps, but 
for the most part, this is live. We sit down, we talk and ramble for 17 hours like this episode. <laughs> and uh, then we put it out into the world and hope that somebody enjoys it. And we enjoy hearing from all of you. And we're very, very thankful that we have anybody who will use their valuable time to listen to us. So the biggest well, thing is, is bring your feedback, bring your discussion. We have a very vibrant discord community now. We do. And, and we encourage everybody to join us. It's, it's open to anybody. Um, you kind of will supply us with the topics we talk about. And um, yeah, in the discord, again, we met randomly on the internet but, yeah. and we've been friends for over a decade. Yep. So it's an interesting community that we foster around us. And, and we welcome just about anybody. So with that, let's move on to our one gratifying thing. Jared? Yeah, so uh, coming up at the end of this month, uh, we have Summer Games Done Quick. Wow, Huge so charity fun. event. You've heard us talk about it on the show. It's one of my favorite times of event. I'm hoping I can talk to my employer and get a few days off to watch some of it. Depends um, on what we're working on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's not in my control, even though I'm your boss. <laughs> so, um, Yeah. It's a great time. It's a great event. I recommend you watch some of it, if not a lot of it, um, and, and donate if you can. Uh, summer goes to Doctors Without Borders, yes. right? Yes. Or is it cancer? Uh, it's the Beat Cancer Foundation, I think. I can't remember summer and winter. Well, it's either Doctors Without Borders or, um, yeah, the the Cancer Foundation. Yeah. So, that's it for this Episode. Oh, I guess I'll make one more mention what? since we got shameless plugs for charities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, I, I'm going to mention I'm doing the Pan Ohio again. Um, Jared's been trying to help me fundraise on his Facebook and Twitter, and I've been doing my stuff. Uh, if you have the inclination to even give up one day's worth of Starbucks. Uh, Don't even put it in context of Starbucks. It's $5. Yeah. $5 is the minimum donation you can make online. Um, it's a worthy cause. You're going to help... So we've talked about it in a previous episode. Sean was hit by cancer pretty bad last year. Yeah. Um, which we're not going to go into detail. So it was my family. Um, it has a lasting cancer is very personal out of, out of a lot of diseases. Cancer just everybody has. And if you haven't, unfortunately you may, you may still, it hits everybody and it hits everybody really hard. It's horrible. Um, and, the American Cancer Foundation does lots of good work. The Pan Ohio Hope or the the Hope Lodge, the Hope Lodges, provide relief for families that are going through this. Um, it's not an easy time. No. So anything that you can donate is going to go to somebody else who's having a rough time, either directly or indirectly. And this money goes directly to the Hope Lodges, right? So um, I'm a cancer survivor. Did was was lucky. Did not have to actually take advantage of these services. But there are people out there who are not so lucky. So not putting it in context of Starbucks or whatever. I mean, if you have $5, $5, just giving it to this, it's going to allow Sean to ride and raise money for something he believes in very personally. Yes. Um, so it would mean a lot to both of us if you could donate. I think we'll put the personal spin on it this time. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever you can give. And if you can't give, you know, I realize that some people, whatever. If you can share the link. Um, that's almost as good as giving a donation because you're going to get more eyes on it and somebody will see it. And Absolutely. So whatever you can do, it means a ton. So we, we appreciate you and thank you. Uh, with that, I think we'll close out the episode. 
All right. See you next time.